Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Your Tuesday episode of Locked On Browns, following Victory Monday. Um, look, uh, the excitement of yesterday still exists. Um, we're going to get into this more um, with Mark Sessler. Um, you're great to see, obviously, some guys step up with the opportunity, which certainly at the wide receiver position is now going to be more prevalent than ever. Um, with the confirmation of Odell Beckham, uh, in fact, tearing his ACL. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, you know, some good, some bad, some ugly. Look, it's kind of just the theme. It always seems to be the theme here, um, but maybe these days a little bit more good than bad. Two days Locked on Browns is brought to you by the fine folks over at Pepsi. And you guys all know the drill and all know about Pepsi and being made for football watching. This season, Pepsi is here for you, the folks at home who are the League of Football Watchers and continue to man the couches, man the fortress to get the best every Sunday. As I like to tell you guys, my little jolt of 12 ounces before we kick off on Sunday gets me through and also just might be enough to get me through a heart attack of Sunday, uh, Cleveland Browns wise, which we always have to seem to deal with as well. So, and again, keeping with the theme because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, guys. You know, for its fans like us, it's made for those of us who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Like I said, from the Around the NFL podcast. Um, one of the best in the business, and it's been great um, for, you know, it's it stinks that, you know, Mark is essentially trapped in the house and most of the folks at NFL.com, this is the case, but it does give us an advantage to uh, get Mark regularly in what for right now, I mean, anyway, you want to slice it, this team is five and two. Mark, we've talked in, you know, some of these sit downs post games on Mondays, um, and there's been, you know, a lot of guys who have broken out. There's been a lot of guys who have been big weeks. There's been a lot of guys who've been responsible for, you know, a lot of this success this team has had. There was never the one where, you know, it was just Baker blew it out of the water. And Pete Smith and I, and and Pete's been coining this where, you know, Baker was passing a lot of the tests. He failed the test against Pittsburgh. He hasn't really been acing them. Um, You know, and we also talked about a couple of times, Mark, where, but a couple of plays that could have gone completely and blown up in the Browns' face. And you look at, obviously, the second play from scrimmage. Not only does Baker throw an interception, your starting center's down. Odell's down. All of a sudden, Cincinnati's in scoring range again, and it's just like, oh, no. Oh, no. We've been here before. But you take that first quarter, you basically throw it out. And this was the week. You know, uh, he just he found the zone, found himself. Obviously, the offensive line did everything to keep him clean. But then you get the Rashard Higgins. You get Donovan Peoples-Jones in that catch with 11 seconds to go to talk about a guy who had not had an NFL reception until that game. And it just makes you – and look, what it means for this season, I don't think anybody knows yet, but roster construction mark and depth. And when you've got to have your number called, having guys that are capable of stepping up and essentially joining the party, and that's kind of the takeaway I've got from yesterday. I'm with you. I – I mean, it was Baker Mayfield's best game. And, and the reason I would say that is because of his um, climbing out of the hole that he created for himself. Uh, the, the the play you mentioned, um, which was sort of one of those, when disaster strikes, uh, it strikes richly for the Browns sometimes. And to lose Odell that way, uh, 
caps a second season. I think that is, you know, he Odell when it, when he when he was shining, you could see it. Um, he's still a player that I think is a complex fit for the Browns. Uh, and with him off the board, you're looking what I, at what I think was already a pretty um, untested, thin wide receiver group. But we knew that Rashard Higgins and Baker Mayfield had chemistry together. I mean, we had seen that. And I think that if you're watching these games, you know, from the beginning of the Baker Mayfield experience, that's the thing that kind of felt missing all along was why aren't we getting back to testing out Rashard Higgins and Baker Mayfield? And, and Higgins had 21 snaps over the first two weeks. Then he moves into healthy scratch land where, you know, and that it, it was for different reasons than last year. As far as we know, last year he got into the doghouse um, where Stefanski um, went out of his way after the game to talk about Higgins as someone who has been extremely positive and practiced, even in, in the face of not seeing the snaps, not seeing the playing time. So I thought his performance um, what gives hope to the passing game going forward because there is just, you know, some of these things just can't really be be explained scientifically. Higgins and Mayfield just vibe together. I mean, it's just been going on from the start. And, and Baker Mayfield definitely is someone that uh, when he is feeling confidence with the parts around him and the pieces around him, that changes his game. And, and, and I think that you look at what Donovan Peoples-Jones did too. Obviously, you know, I don't know how many receivers come into the NFL and their first catch is thrown by a receiver. That's an in interesting start to his career. But the way he finished that game with that beautiful <laughs> vision and the way he made that catch and the throw and all of it together. And, you know, I, I don't really get too caught up in the in this streak of completions, yet it matters for someone like Baker Mayfield, who's, you know, really struggled for quarters at a time this season and was coming off, obviously, a terrible game against Pittsburgh. So it's two Bengals games in a row where I think that Mayfield and the entire offense responded but this was so different than the other Bengals game because in that game you know we heard about it and we saw it they're going to come out and they're going to impose their will with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt you don't have that option this time and, and Kareem Hunt has been I think he's a wonderful athlete and he's a fascinating running back um, but you need Nick Chubb in this offense and I, I hope that Browns fans that were doubting that or um, you know fantasy heads that think that oh we'll just play Hunt instead of Chubb I mean they work together in unison too, and this team is just not the same without Nick Chubb. There have been some issues up on the offensive line, but I look at I look at yesterday to your point and say it's been a while. But the Browns have a some younger players. You look at Harrison Bryant, who we all I think at this point, even if you're just sort of a casual viewer of the league, Harrison Bryant has to start popping up on your radar. They're drafting well, and these players are getting better by the week. And even on defense, which I think is a, a completely in search of itself um, for many reasons, there's still players that come in and make plays, and they galvanize and change the way the game goes. I don't trust the defense to do a whole lot of anything other than give up about 30 points a game, but they will have one or two moments, and it's Miles Garrett-fueled. And it's uh, Denzel Ward at times. And Ronnie Harrison, who, if he stays healthy, I think is such a game changer in this defense. You get a little bit of everything on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and it's it, it's definitely an exciting group to watch. And look, you know, they weren't going to continue the uh, creating turnover rate that they did. But yesterday, again, able to get to uh, Denzel Ward had a, you know, a three-play sequence. I mean, that just, you know, you know, cements, you know, what kind, type of player you have. I still don't even know what he was doing uh, to get away from that block. I mean, but it is a smart play because <laughs> regardless, his assignment there is to make sure the player cuts inside of him. So it's going to happen. And I remember like every now and then being wide receiver and try to block and somebody would go pull something 
And you literally, and you know, your coach is going to yell at you for not blocking. You're like, well, how many times does a guy do this? And he literally just right. took the option of, I'm going to get on the ground and crawl around you. Um, and it worked. And it worked beautifully. And, I mean, if anything, he was going to do his job because the receiver was going to turn inside. I think the receiver was also kind of blown away. Like, what in the world is he doing? And the next thing you know, there was, was you know, De- uh, you know Denzel's helmet in his knees. But, you know, caused the interception, had the PBU um, in the end zone. Uh, you just continue to see that. And, you know, obviously, you know, Terrence Mitchell, it would have been key if he could have gotten that one. But that's the old line of, you know, that's essentially why they play on – that side of the ball and miles, you know, I'm just glad people are really starting to appreciate it um, because this isn't just a pass rusher. Um, Cause these are just, these are, these are sacks with turnovers and the amount of, you know, basically destruction he is causing right now. It's, it's a pretty unprecedented pace to this point. We're going to talk a little bit at Odell and about, you know, there's going to be life after Odell. We'll get to some more here as we continue on your Tuesday edition of locked on Browns with Mr. Mark Sessler. This football season, again, will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And remember, a little 12-ounce gel before one of these night games might get you through it when you're getting just a tad bit older like myself. Mark, there's no way around it. And look, I mean, it's uh, the conversations are already there. And it's, yes, Odell. Yes, Baker without Odell. Yes, Baker with Odell. But you continue to look at this and, and look at where it is. And the one thing I think that we all agree with and why I think we were all feeling so good and so confident with Baker Mayfield after his rookie season was if you're open, I don't care what your number is. I don't care if you're the fifth wide receiver or the first wide receiver. I don't care if you're what tight end one or tight end four, you're open. You're the guy. I throw you the ball. And I think that's what we got to see from him yesterday when he got cooking and look, and you can say, you know, well, whatever. Yes, it's Odell. Yes. He's a big contract, but whatever you throw it to the open guy. But as a quarterback, you know, as an offense with a system in, there's still that in the back of your head of you know how special he is. And you feel like, oh, man, maybe you're doing your team a disservice if you're not trying to make sure that, you know, he gets involved. Or, you know, the old days of the Randy Moss and the Randy ratio, that type of thing. It gets yourself into a difficult situation where when Baker's playing with just anyone around him and Jarvis Landry was part of this 2018 success. And I'm not trying to knock him and act like he is just like the rest of the guys, because he had one of the biggest plays of yesterday as it was making sure Harrison Bryant was on the line of scrimmage for the, when they were killing the clock. But it's just, it just seems he has so much more of get to my drop. Okay. I see what the defense is giving me. There's either going to be the guy, you know, there's going to be two guys open on the right. It's either going to be the deeper guy or it's going to be the underneath guy. And it just seems like he plays with so much more confidence and plays with so much more crispness to his game where he's not overthinking and he's just be able to read and react. Look, I I don't know what's going to go on here with Odell. This is way too early for these conversations. Um, And also keep in mind, we're now going to talk about a player that's going to have to come back, you know, at, you know, getting closer to 30 from an ACL, ACL injury. I'm not saying it's over for Odell by any means, but I'm saying there's going to be so many factors when we finally do get to this. But, you know, I'm, I don't know if there's any way it could be better for the team 
but it may make things slightly easier for one Baker Mayfield. I mean, I think we see this in, in every sport where the dynamic between essentially two uh, high draft pedigree star players. I mean, Odell Beckham is a legit star when he arrived in Cleveland and one of the biggest stars in all of sports. And then Baker Mayfield is someone that was presumed to be a star and then was paired with Odell last season. And for multiple reasons that we've discussed a thousand times, the season um, is a hot mess. Baker Mayfield's Q rating falls through the floor. And the question is, do Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield fit together? And a lot of the blame obviously is going to fall on Baker Mayfield because we've seen what Odell Beckham is capable of and what he's done in the past. And I think that we saw for flashes what he's capable of in this offense. But I I would just say it's an it's an awkward conversation to have because like there's these factors that are almost invisible behind like the actual game tape. I think the Baker Mayfield needs to be the unquestioned leader, the unquestioned alpha. I just think he does. I and I and I'm not saying that that's the only way he can function, but I think some of what we saw from 2018 with Baker Mayfield, the fearlessness, um, the daring do, uh, it was stripped away when there was this. Whether it was last year overt pressure with using nonstop, non-multiple formations, endless three wideouts with such an emphasis on using their star player, Odell Beckham, that this offense like came out of the gate wanting to, I think, obviously, you know, put Baker Mayfield in a much, much better environment. And a much better environment should be throw to the guy who's open, make the smart read, make your second and third read if you need to. And so I don't, you know, I think it's okay to have the conversation and not dump on Odell Beckham on any, on any level because he is a luminary talent. But this offense might function better um, if Baker Mayfield is in a different mindset. Now, I don't know what he's thinking. And I think that they genuinely like each other as talents and athletes. And there was this immense respect before Odell, Odell Beckham came. And I think that continued. So it's not like a personal thing. But you're right. Just watching yesterday's game, it reminded me much more of the final contest of 2018 where guys like Rashad Perriman and Higgins yep. and fill in the blank were making big plays. And, and, and maybe, you know, it's, it's just tough to assess. I don't like the idea that, Oh, they're better without Odell Beckham yet. I'm watching what unfolded and it was kind of like the Baker Mayfield I'd been waiting for. Now it also happened against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I mean, a lot of Baker's better moments have happened against lesser competition. Now that's not negative, except that like, I want to see what happens when Baker Mayfield gets into a jam against the Tennessee Titans down the Mm -hmm. road. Or, you know, I get that everyone says they have an easy schedule. I also see a couple teams on that schedule that basically tell us what this Browns team is. And, and to be five and two, they've earned it, but five and two, um, what, what kind of five and two, and I'm not trying to be hard on them because this is this is like the next step in the process to go out and win games against teams you should. But there are a couple moments that could have gone the other way. Had Miles Garrett not gotten the strip sack, had there not been the interception in the end zone, had there not been a couple breakdowns by a Bengals team that was missing their left tackle and their center, and you know you still had Joe Burrow throw for 400 yards. We would be talking today, and as everyone else would, I think, about a performance by Joe Burrow that to me signified the fact that if we didn't already feel this way, this is a absolute star quarterback and Baker Mayfield played out of his mind, but they're not the same kind of quarterback to me and they don't need to be, but Joe Burrow to me 
it, you can just see it with your eyes. I mean, they're going to be dealing with him for the next 16 years. Uh, well, yeah, and a couple of things from that. Um, and first of all, like for me, like the Bengals signing Joe Mixon to the deal they did, like, and you see Burrow yesterday. It, what it says to me is, um, I don't know why you signed Joe Mixon. Um, you, he is what goes. You know, maybe build it the way New England built it around Brady. Have a couple of guys that can annoy you as running backs. You know, as far as receivers, have some guy that'll be able to just pick up the yards that are given to you. Get the tight ends. Get the wide receivers. Because look, that offense and where it is still weird. It's and, and you know, an AJ Green for two weeks in a row getting the most targets. Um, when it's you know, let's great and cultivate the relationship between the hotshot rookie quarterback and the 31-year-old who's <clears throat> not the player he you know was anymore. But then there's also, and then this where it comes to me, Mark, is you know, oh well, it was the Mangles. And you know, I get it, I get it. There, but look, you gotta play either way. Brown's gotta play him twice a year. Baker's five five and one against this team. Um, so the thing is, is you know, everybody will sweep it under the rug and say, Oh, it's the Bengals. But meanwhile, They'd be burning the guy to the ground if, God forbid, he lost a game against the Bengals. So, look, I'm not saying you throw a parade because it beat the Bengals, but but they don't want to give him any credit because he beat the Bengals. But, God forbid, something went wrong. And keep in mind yesterday where Burrow did what he did and put up that amount of yardage. If the Browns didn't win yesterday, it would have been because Baker Mayfield didn't get it done. It It wouldn't have been because Joe Burrow, you know, basically just gashed a team, a team that he saw for the second time for 400 yards, and then it's that he's that great. It would have been that Baker Mayfield didn't do enough to beat Joe Burrow. That's where it gets difficult. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And I mean, the the honest like answer for me would be: Do we need anyone chatting about any of these teams? Is it essential to hear what anyone has to say about any of these teams? No. Is it entertainment? Yes. Can you, is it engaging? Yes. Is it good to express our feelings as fans and analysts? Yes. So, I mean, it's just part of the soup and it's probably more toxic than ever. And I totally get why Baker Mayfield um, is in a really tough position and he's taken this tact of, you know, operate in silence, which I think on its own, no one really buys because the Baker Mayfield that just who he is, I mean, how much can we change who we are? You can go on a campaign to be quieter, um, that's fine. And I think he can mature, but the bottom line is Baker Mayfield is an experience. You signed up for it and it's going to be a little bit of the brashness, the talk, and that's who he is. You're not going to get that out of, um, Sam Darnold or, or Teddy Bridgewater or fill in the blank quarterback that doesn't really, um, feel motivated to speak yay or nay about whatever's going on in his life. Baker Mayfield, I think to me is someone that is just one of those guys in the media. There's no way around it. And he's not going to silence his critics, even when he throws, you know, 20 plus straight completions, because they'll always find a way to knock him down. And so when I say it's the Bengals, all I'm pointing to is that there are greater tests ahead. And the one thing that you look at is that this is a stepping stone. And if they can go, if he can go and do this against a greater opponent, you look at this season, and I mean, this year, you've got two more games against the other two opponents in this division. You've got Tennessee. The Raiders, I think, are an interesting opponent this week. Their defense is not great by any stretch, but these games start to matter more and more, and you're compiling wins, and he's a part of it. Yesterday's game was one where you can't say, hey, they've got the training wheels on Baker Mayfield. It's, it's a run team that's just trying to play around him. Well, nonsense. He, played, he made some totally sensational throws, and I look at that last drive with no timeouts. That's harder to do than people realize. 
and to make the throws he did and mm -hmm. to say, you know what? Everyone's killing me for being too risky, but I'm going to make two very risky throws. I'm going to put them right on the money and I'm going to trust these wide receivers down the field, maybe in a way that I haven't trusted some of my other wide receivers last year and this year. So I view it as a step forward. And I think, you know, you look at the way that Stefanski responds, I, a measured, a measured step forward. Now we move on to the next game. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent, and and for everybody, and you do you did that in, in you know obviously one hundred six on the clock. Um, there was eleven seconds left, so you know what, what was it? You know, fi uh, fifty five seconds in what he was able to do, and you know with the first throw, and all of a sudden you just kind of looked at it, and it was just like I mean, because you know covering this team and Mark, as long as you've been a fan of this team, it was a yeah, all right, because <laughs> this is going to happen. And with the first throw, and then just you just see you know this light, and you know the opportunity for guys like Higgins. And people's Jones to understand like their time is now. And I think you also made a great point before about, you know, inserting who to who, um, you know, fells from 18. Now 88 Harrison Brown, obviously a lot more talented guy. Donovan Peoples Jones, maybe with a little bit of a Brashard Perriman size, athletic profile type of thing. Um, and the other thing is, is what do defenses do now when you don't say and you're looking at the Browns and their passing game is saying, all right, well, we're going to dog the living daylights out of 13 and we'll see what Baker can do from there it's going to make things a little bit more when you don't essentially know what's coming. It makes it a lot harder to defend and we'll see how this team does. Obviously nothing is going to change uh, much this week for Las Vegas. Um, then you get a bye week, you know, maybe there's the opportunity, you know, Damian Ratley seems like an easy fit of a guy to bring back in here. Um, Hodge may end up playing more wide receiver. You might need more help on the special teams. Ratley can do that. He's got another size speed ratio. He does have experience with Baker. For the most part, he should know most of this offense to the point. We'll see. And everybody, uh, big name. Look, we've been doing this for weeks now. Whatever position it was where somebody got injured, uh, the Browns going to go big game hunting. To this point, they haven't. So, look, <laughs> until we see it happen, guys, I'm just going to assume it's not going to happen. This team wants the best of both worlds. We can build ourselves a great roster. We can keep ourselves with some cap room. And we can also keep ourselves with some draft capital. It's nothing to sneeze at when the opportunity arises and there's something they truly want to go after it gives them the potential to do so. We're going to get to a couple things here with Mark as we close on out on your Tuesday Locked on Browns. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everyone and does not require an account membership or login. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Now, Mark, like you said, look, Raiders coming in here. This is a team riding five, uh, five and two. You're riding high. You've righted this horse here after a, you know, you've done it after a tough loss to the Baltimore Ravens. You've done it after a tough loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you're slowly, slowly starting to get some bodies back. There's some talk. Maybe Wyatt Teller can do a couple of things this week. I don't think he's going to play this week. I think they're this close and they feel good enough about where they are. They'll hold him out. We hear that maybe Nick Chubb is starting to 
maybe be ahead of schedule, which again would put you in line for after the bye. Um, and again, you know, at fans, you guys get want to get all worked up about these injuries, but it's not nearly as bad as some of these other teams. I mean, you, you hear me talk about teams with just mass casualties on IR, not guys that are out for a week or two. And so, I mean, you, you, yes, if you want to use an excuse, go right ahead. But the Browns are not nearly as bad off in the injury department as some other teams are. And plus, this is one of the reasons Andrew Berry pegged and worked as hard as he possibly could on his depth to get it here. But, you know, Mark, look, the Raiders this week, and this would be a big one, obviously, you get it to 6-2. and two. That second half, as much as there are some difficult games, you've got a Jacksonville mixed in there. You've got the two teams, and I know everybody wants to say they're from New Jersey because New York doesn't want to claim them. Guys, I'm in New Jersey. We don't want to claim them either. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you that right now with what the way both of those teams are playing. Um, but it's you just want to get to a little bit more consistency. Look, you're going to see Baltimore a second time. You're going to see Pittsburgh a, sec, a second time. Um, we want to talk about not losing by 30. Maybe things can change. Look, Pittsburgh obviously lost Devin Bush. Didn't really affect him much yesterday as they beat Pittsburgh. Baltimore, and this is the weird thing, Baltimore, as good as their record is, I don't think it's really looked that great or that crisp yet, which probably scares you a little bit because you know they may be capable of more. And I remember there was times where Lamar Jackson was missing some practices. You know, maybe Lamar to this point has, hasn't truly been 100%, which I don't think anybody wants to see in the second half of the season where Lamar's out there running around like crazazy. But you see the foundation, you see, it's just, you're starting to see the fruits of the labor, whether it's the roster. And for me, this was a big one this week because for, for Coach Stefanski, look, you want to see, this was a challenge for him. This was a, you know, second time you're seeing an opponent. How do you adjust to what they do, vice versa? And to get this win, and, you know, look, it was a road game. Obviously, not many people there. Um, you know, I think maybe the trap game aspect of it got lost once you got your doors blown out in Pittsburgh. But either way, you know, you need to find a way to win games you're supposed to win. They're not guaranteed. Uh, I think in past regimes, we certainly could have found and seen a way where that would have went wrong yesterday in Cincinnati. But they just continue to string it along. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, sixth-round pick, didn't dress for the first couple of weeks. You slowly ease him in as a returner against Dallas. Oh, wait, now he's got to play because Kadero Hodge got, you know, hurt. Now, you know, he's getting some reps. He's run blocking. Guess what? Odell went down. Look, kid, here's your opportunity. Hopefully you've been studying the playbook. And that happens. And Bryant and, and Njoku, who only seems to catch the impossible balls now, um, doesn't see, has a problem with the easy ones. But his catch in the end zone, just absolutely ridiculous. You have Austin Hooper, again, another guy here is going to come back probably after the bye. And you wanted to go tight end heavy and feature some tight ends in the passing game. Maybe now the situation is going to dictate that you can get to that. There's still ways, and look, losing Odell sucks. There's no way around it, but there's still ways to see for this to still maybe have a nice ending. And at this point, Mark, I don't care. If it's as long as it's one January game, they start whatever. They lose by 30. I don't care. And I don't think any Browns fan, any Browns fan who says, they, 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 other than that, is ridiculous. You just want to see a January football game at this point. Because I think, and I know for someone like you who talks about this franchise like you do, maybe that will let you believe that it truly is finally real. I think it's completely acceptable and right for Browns fans of a certain age, really any age, but for for anyone that's dealt with 1999 until now, to look at this season and say it is a, it is a stepping stone. And if you could get into a playoff game, 
that is something that means something different to the Cleveland Browns than it's going to mean to 85% of the NFL, if not 95. It's just been such a rough journey. Uh, and, and there is something about this season that feels different to me. It's just because of the leadership, both from the players, but I'm talking the coaching staff and a front office that isn't, um, you know, wacky or infighting for once. So it would kind of tell you that all these things together point to a good future. So I, I'm with you. And if you look at the Raiders, for instance, I mean, no, only one team in the league is allowing more points per game. Only two teams in the league have sacked the quarterback fewer times than the Raiders. Their offense is interesting with someone like Henry Ruggs and his speed and what he's done for them. Derek Carr has gotten more aggressive. So to me, just on paper, it points to another type of shootout game which Cleveland's hung in. I mean, the Raiders have given up 30 points in every game but one this year. So it kind of fits that mold of what Cleveland, uh, a place where Cleveland could thrive. It's the complete polar opposite of playing the Steelers, who are going to batter your quarterback and get after you, and their offense is going to give you fits and shut down your passing game and your run game. So I, I like this matchup for Cleveland, and it's time to look at the Raiders and say, this. yes, the Raiders are you know, a... They're the Raiders, and that feels a little different than playing the Jaguars or, or, or some team lost in another division. But Cleveland has, out, has done everything that the Raiders have done this season and more. So it's a game they should win, and I think that's sort of the next step. Here's a different team than the Bengals. It's a team that you should beat if you look at how these teams match up. Go do it. Go do it at home. And I don't think it's too much to ask, but there are going to be disappointments along the way. But I'm with you. I, don't try, I, don't, I certainly hope I don't sound too harsh or um, kind of rough on the team either because they needed to make a certain step. And if someone told us they'd be five and two and guys like Harrison Bryant and Ronnie Harrison, who they trade for in a pinch and you find out, wait, they know what kind of players they want to trade for that will fit in their scheme. That matters. Donovan Peoples Jones, great name, better than a great name contributing. It's like Rashard Higgins coming back into the fold and this coaching staff making a wise decision about the player versus taking notes off of what the last coaching staff did. I think all those things point to a highly organized group of people that each week are good at resetting the board. I mean, last week it was, you know, it feels like we're 0-6. That's a good thing to get in your heads. Yep. It, it completely prevents what you're talking about, this trap game mentality. What trap game? We're, we were embarrassed. So you don't, you, don't, you don't talk about what you did two weeks ago or three weeks ago. So this is all very different for a Browns team that, you know, has been in psychological traps for years. I, I think... Each week is an adventure. Um, if, you, if you've been following this team for a long time, sign up for it and enjoy it. Uh, I, I just don't, like, you know, I guess I don't want to get too high or get worried about where, where they'll be four weeks from now. That's all, I, that's all I think because it's never been more than now a week-to-week -week league, and that's just becoming a tired phrase because everyone's using it. Where we were with Baker a week ago and where we are today is the quintessential roller coaster, and it's the same with, most of what the Browns are going to do all year long. We're going to think differently each week. And so in this case, at least, it's not learning that they're less and less than you thought. They, you know, in other years, they're two and five, and you're struggling to put out thoughts that aren't super negative, and so am I. There's a lot more to talk about and discuss and be intrigued by in terms of the future. And folks, for anybody who's listening to this show with me as a host of its infancy, um, in 2017, um, we started draft regular shows, I think by week three, uh, I believe either Tuesday night or Wednesday night was already a draft centric show last year. I think we made it till about week 10 where 
look, there's no reason to talk about that now because it's the day in, day out of what this team is doing. And it's you're just thrilled with it. Uh, and look, I mean, look, five and two, and for anybody, I mean, anybody that wants to like critique it deeper than that, other than the team is five and two, my question is, are your diamond shoes too tight? That's the only question I could possibly have at this point. Mark, before we close, I'm just going to ask you two questions, and we'll see where this goes. As of right now, seven weeks into the NFL season, your NFL MVP is, and your NFL Defensive Player of the Year is, fill in the blanks. Well, I'd have no problem making the Miles Garrett the Defensive Player of the Year. I know Aaron Donald is right there, too. He had a four-sack game. But I do think that the nature of these voting processes um, – they look to recrown, but they look for something new. And this would not be for Miles Garrett to come from where he was last season. And it was a self-inflicted wound, but to have the year end the way it did, um, to have that which campaign. Is, which is terrible because he is so much more of a guy than that. But go ahead. No, but I think I think that he's got a chance to show that. And I think that people thought that of him and that incident uh completely jarred expectations. And we've talked about that before, but uh, there was a moment. Um, in this game when he created the strip sack of Burrow and the rest of the defense um, and, you know, Ronnie Harrison ran away with the ball and they, they did one of their little paparazzi snapshot things in the end zone and they cut to Garrett. And I don't think he was trying to be an isolationist, but he was just in a different place on the field. And he just single-handedly walked off alone, not celebrating just deep. I think an intense thought. And to me, that kind of told me where miles Garrett is this year. And he's made impactful plays every week. I think they'd be at, four wins with Adam, three wins, two. I don't know. I mean, he's literally changed each game. That's the definition of a defensive player of the year. I mean, MVP, you know, for me, it's kind of like best picture, best director. It's going to go to to two quarterbacks. Um, or, you know, offensive player of the year and, and MVP is typically going to go to two quarterbacks unless you get a, a running back just blowing up the world. That's not happening right now. Uh, hi, Russell Wilson. Um Last night, the problem with the MVP race and it's starting in like week four, five, and six is that even one bad game like Aaron Rodgers had, I mean, he was right in there too, kind of throws you off track. But I think with the way that these guys are throwing the ball to such degrees, they're all going to have one or two clunkers. Um, I wouldn't call Russell Wilson's game last night a clunker. I mean, he had a, he, you know, he came down the, he came down the, the race last year and threw an interception in a Niners game that basically ended his MVP race because he just doesn't get those votes anyways compared to who else is in the league. But he, to me, was my dude, and I'll just I'll, I'll stick with it because I think that three more great games from him, and, you know, they have one loss three weeks from now, he's right back in that race. Aaron Rodgers is another great story. I mean, these to me, these are always narrative-driven, um, but these guys back it up with, with insane otherworldly play. And it probably doesn't hurt that um, you know Russell Wilson has had a standalone. I guess it was what three primetime games to this point. So you know, he kind of gets yeah. You know, oh, certainly gets you know, single eyes as opposed to you know the screen of six games or the flipping around. Um, it certainly helps. And and maybe with Chris Carson going down. Um, and you know now the they'll go for that three four week period where they go with you know running back whatever, and it'll be you know a whole bunch of guys we've never heard of Travis Homer yada yada fill in the blanks. Um, maybe Marshawn Lynch is showing up with a box of Skittles to say, hey, guys, you need a running back. I'm here. I got maybe a month's worth of games in me. You never know. Um, but, you know, it, for me, yes, I think it's Russell Wilson. But, I mean, you're just starting to see as far as there is this bar of quarterbacks in the league. And, you know, not to do anybody disjustice, but where that number is at 14, 15, 16 of franchises 
that are set with who they got. And you saw it, obviously, with Arizona, which it seemed like such a crazy thing at the time where you hired Kingsbury, who was essentially currently an offensive coordinator at USC because he got fired from Texas Tech. He had this plan of, no, 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 do this. Get me Kyle Murray. I don't care about Rosen, which just seems such a crazy plan at the time. And you look at where that team is headed, and it's just, look, it's the league is fun right now. And if you like offense, whew, man, the NFL is something you absolutely got to love right now because these defenses are doing everything they can to try and possibly keep pace. This has been your Tuesday edition of Locked On Browns. Always appreciative uh, from Mark Sessler for the time. Um, we get some great Browns thoughts, obviously NFL thoughts, and, you know, obviously marking the team over in the NFL. Make sure you guys are continuing to check that out. Um, they may be isolated, um, but it doesn't mean the quality of the work is still not um, just top shelf, upper echelon stuff. So make sure you're checking that all out. The show itself, Locked on Browns, follow back account, iTunes, Spotify, five-star ratings, written reviews, all the Rage Kids. Please help me out there. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dogbound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.